You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So I want to start off today with a pretty old question at this point, but uh, it's, it's extremely important. Actually, I was saving it for doing a video, but I just, I don't know. I'm going to put those on pause. I, I just, I'm not feeling it so much. And as I'm reading it now, actually, I feel like I have been reading this question wrong all along. But that's fine. I'm just going to twist your question. Mike James from the Facebook group says, If you had to make a four-man Star Trek away team from the current roster, who would it be and who's the red shirt? I don't understand at least 50% of that question all of a sudden. I swear I understood it. Now I don't. For, what, what do you mean away team? Like not a home team? Aren't you usually both during the season? And, and this is a Star Trek roster or a four-man Star Trek team from the current roster, so like, what, Aaron Rodgers is, is Captain Kirk? Might have to circle back to that one, but I'm going to do it the way that I thought this question was written when I first read it, and build a four-man football team from guys from Star Trek. I don't even know how you play football with four people, but somehow this question made sense when I first read it, and I was like, oh yeah, totally, I'll get four guys to play football from Star Trek, and now I'm reading it, and I'm like, that's not even what it says, what is, who's the red shirt? Is this college football? Four-man college football team from the current NFL football team to play Star Trek? (laughs) So anyways, four guys from Star Trek that I want to start with to start a football team, how about that? Kind of makes sense. And and full disclosure, not a Trekkie at all. But I did, I was forced to watch Star Trek as a child because my dad was really obsessed with Star Trek. So, for example, I learned that Captain Kirk is the only real captain. Captain Picard is a fraud, despite the fact that most of the episodes I watched were Picard, aside from the movies, which obviously were all Kirk. Movies I did like, though. Those were pretty pretty awesome. But here's my team. Ready? Captain Kirk, obviously, right? Gotta have the captain. Number two, I want Worf. Why? Because he's huge and he's really strong. Number three, I want Data, because he's going to be the coach. My rules, okay? There's only four guys. I can put them wherever I want. You can't play football with four guys anyways. So he's the coach, okay? He's not athletic, but he's a super genius, and he's going to figure out the perfect play because I've only got three guys, plus I'm going to cheat with my fourth one anyways, so we're still going to win. I will beat a 24-man team with my four guys. You ready? You want to know who my fourth is? It's Q, because if I'm not mistaken... In Star Trek, Q is basically God. I remember Q popped up in some kind of episode, and I asked my dad, who is Q? Because there was never, like, a picture of Q. It was just, like, a thing. And he's like, oh, he's, like, this super powerful, all-powerful thing. And when you're, like, six years old, and your dad tells you there's a character on a TV show that's, like, the ultimate superhero who has every single superpower in the world, it's like, yeah, that's that's me. I'm Q. I want to be Q. That's the best character in the world. So I've always kept Q in the back of my mind. From Wikipedia, for those that don't know, he's an extra-dimensional being of unknown origin who possesses immeasurable power over time, space, and the laws of physics, and reality itself being capable of altering it to his whim. So he's God. 
So I'm going to put God on my team. To be honest, I don't even need Captain Kirk, Worf, or Data. I've got Q. So, anyways, hope that was a fun little nerd out session for you. Sorry that I did not, apparent, I don't think I answered Mike's question at all. So, Mike, I apologize. If you want to hit me up and tag me in Facebook um, and clarify what you're talking about and how the rule, you might have to lay out some rules for me because I, I think there's a game that I don't even understand that we're playing here. Let me read it one more time because maybe I'm just really tired because that is the case. If you had to make a four-man Star Trek away team from the current roster, who would it be and who's the red shirt? sticking with my answer but I've, I've had that one in my back pocket for a while so i figure i'll just might as well bust that one out that would be cheating i mean i i, I could beat a 50-man football team just with q it's not even it's not even a fun answer it's kind of like that uh i may have talked about this before but the last time i ever watched lord of the rings it may have even been the last one i don't know but it was the one where there was like those ghost people that was the worst thing i've ever seen in a movie in my life i used to love lord of the rings i thought it was awesome like dude this is this is a sweet movie series. I got excited about them, went to the movies and watched them. Then I went to the movie theater and watched that one. And at the end, what happened? Ghost people formed like a cloud and wiped everybody out. Like, you just you just got, uh, you got tired of doing this, didn't you? You didn't even feel like forming a battle scene. It's just like, here's these magical ghost people that show up and just, you know, roll over like a cloud and wipe everybody out. You just entered a cheat code, dude. I've been watching this this dumb movie for three hours so you could enter in a cheat code and wipe out the bad guys. Why do I have to sit here for this? If you're just going to cheat, don't make me pay and come to the movies and sit through all this drama and build-up just so you can enter a cheat code at the end. I'm still I'm still upset about that. If you've noticed, I hold grudges about really weird things. I, I don't usually hold grudges against people because I don't care enough, but things like water bottles, bumper stickers... That Lord of the Rings movie, I'm never, I will never forgive in my life. There's no forgiveness in my heart for those types of things. Anyways, sometimes I forget um, this is a Packers podcast. I mean, look, Captain Kirk's got a Packers helmet on. It is Packers. It's a football team that I've built. It's a four-man, but mostly one guy who's, I don't even think he has a body, but he's some, he's, it's like a floating Packers jersey. And we won the Super Bowl, the four-man away team redshirt Super Bowl, as the Green Bay Packers. This is Packers-related. Get out of my face. Anyways, there is one other question that I got that I thought was interesting, and what I started doing was this whole big, long project, and it was taking a long time, and I thought, if I went through the whole roster and did this, it would probably get monotonous and boring for me and for you. So I'm going to do three positions at a time. We'll see how it goes. Maybe we'll do more. Maybe we won't. But I got a question from uh, my friends over at Integrity Construction wanting to talk about backups, which I thought was kind of a weird question. Like, who has the best backups? Like, dude, this is peak off-season. But it kind of makes sense if you think about it. If There's always certain people that whatever you talk about, they'll pop up and say, you know, there's no point in even talking about this because we don't know what's going to happen with injuries and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And it's kind of like, come on, man. You're telling me I can't talk about stuff because I don't know what's going to happen? That's not how this works. But at the same time, it's it's kind of true because we always talk in terms of every single team has every single player and everything we know about those players stays exactly the same. Things change and there's a bunch of injuries about to happen. I mean, we're not going to get through the preseason without some major person going to be out for the year. That's, been, that's a long-standing tradition in the NFL. It's the reason I refuse to do 
fantasy football drafts until after the fourth week of preseason. Although it's probably not necessary after week four. I don't think too many starters play, but there might be somebody. An offensive lineman or something that's going to get a little bit of play. Not that that matters for fantasy, but it could for the running backs, you know, I don't know. Maybe some sleeper wide receiver or something is going to get out. And so what I kind of did, what I what I thought about, what would make this the most interesting is to say sort of disaster ratings based on position. If each team in the NFC North were to lose, for example, their quarterback, how devastating would it be? And I ranked the teams from not very devastating to, well, from, from one to four, one being the least devastating, four being the most devastating. And for today, I'm just going to do, uh, what do we have here? Quarterback, wide receiver, and running back. We'll see how it goes again. Maybe I'll do other positions. Maybe I will hate this whole process and we won't do it again. But I do find it to be interesting because, again, it is important to look at it. Not just for the Packers, but for other teams. If this team loses this player, game over. And that's true of a lot of players on a lot of teams. And I've only gone through three positions. But uh, that's where we're going to... I'm going to say start with, but I think we're going to end with. I know we barely just got started, but it's already uh, 4.25 here. And I need to be done at 5. Yes, I overslept. It's just, it's, it's just a thing now. Especially now that it's summer and it's warm in my house, so I have a fan going. So, you know, you get that... That extra bit of white noise makes it harder to wake up. Plus, it's, you know, quiets the alarm a little bit. This is just, this is the quote-unquote new normal, which is a phrase that just started about a month ago, and I'm already sick of it. But um, this is my life now. Wake up, see it's 4 o'clock, get very angry, lay in bed as almost like a protest. Like, I'm not going to jump out of bed. Too bad. And then, you know, a minute later, get out of bed, stumble down the stairs. And, uh, you know... Unfortunately, I have to rush through the podcast that I spent all this time working on. Yes, I spent time on that Star Trek thing. Don't start with me. Bunch of bullies. That's what, that's what you are. How dare you? But anyways, make sure you get in the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. Make sure you like the Packernet Podcast Facebook page. If you would like to support the Packernet Podcast, by the way, haven't plugged it in a while, but patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy, you can support the show for as little as a dollar a month. Think about it. One dollar. I'd be willing to bet everybody listening to this, 90% of you are going to impulse more than a dollar before the day's out. That's what, that's what I got to do. I got to find a way to make supporting the show more of an impulse buy. It's too hard to navigate all the way through this stuff. I got to be like in your face with a little like card where you're like, dude, swipe it. Just swipe it. Real, real quick. Just swipe it. Don't worry about it. Just swipe it. I'll figure it out. I'll figure something out. In the meantime, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. You don't get a sweet bag of chips out of it. Just get the satisfaction of knowing you've you've made my day a little bit better. That's literally the, the best I can do for you at this point in time. Anyways, why don't we take a break, and we'll be right back. Alrighty, so starting with the quarterback position. And it, it's kind of hard because you can, you, you can do this in different ways. You know, you can look at it, for example, and say who has the best backup. So in some cases, it's just somebody has a really good backup. In some cases, they don't necessarily... Man, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, keep it up, alarm clock. Arch nemesis right here. In some cases, it's a really good backup. In other cases, it's just, there's really no difference, right? You don't have a good backup, but you also don't really have a good starter. So there you go. But anyways, in this exercise, it's one player and it's your best player. So for quarterback, obviously, it's pretty obvious who we're talking about with the exception of the Bears, which is why the Bears are number one. The least devastating 
quarterback loss would be for the Chicago Bears because we don't even know who the starter would be. Now, I'm assuming it's going to be Nick Foles, and if he were to get hurt, it would go to Trubisky, and, and I do think that would be a step back, but as, as in comparison to how much of a fall it would be compared to the other teams, it's just not. I wish I could elaborate on that a little more, but I think it's m- relatively self-evident. And if you just think about it in terms of wins and losses, think about it in terms of if the quarterback doesn't get hurt, how many wins do they have? If the quarterback does get hurt, how many wins do they have? Now do you see? Second, I'm going to say it's the Detroit Lions. Now, I do tend to think after the Bears, everybody else just kind of falls apart. But I think the Lions have the best chance, especially if you think in terms of wins and losses, because they probably won't have very many wins anyways. But that's that's kind of cheating. Like, well, zero wins with, zero wins without. What's the difference? Well, it's still a massive difference. And I actually considered putting the Lions fourth when I first started this because it's like, man, look how how promising they were with Stafford and how bad they were with, with David Blow, David Blau, whatever. However, that's pretty much what would happen with the Packers and Vikings as well, maybe even to a larger degree. But beyond that, I think Stafford is probably third of these three, meaning slightly, if, if all things were equal as far as backups, the Lions would still be number two because I think Stafford would be a f- smaller fall down to that backup. However, I actually think they have probably, at least as far as what we know, the best backup outside of the Chicago Bears, maybe, I don't know. Because they picked up Chase Daniel. Who is Chase Daniel? Well, Chase Daniel was the Bears' backup. And if you recall, when Mitch Trubisky would get hurt, Chase Daniel would come in, and on a lot of occasions, he was better than Mitch Trubisky. Now, it's not because Chase Daniel is necessarily an elite quarterback, but he is a veteran, he is an intelligent player, he is a decent player, and I actually think he's a pretty good game manager, which is why he was a good fit for the Bears. He may not be very good with the Lions, because the Lions are not a team who like to dink and dunk their way down the field. This is a air it out, you know, you need a certain kind of quarterback that Matt Stafford is, that I don't know Chase Daniel is. But either way, the fall from Matt Stafford to Chase Daniel, I don't think is, is very drastic. Third on this list, and this is where third and fourth is just probably going to be a nightmare, but I did say the Green Bay Packers, and really it's not worth arguing if you want to go either way with it, but the the biggest reason I considered putting the Packers fourth isn't because I think the Vikings have a better backup than the Packers do, but because of what happens when Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. Aaron Rodgers is this entire team, and I think that's true in a different sense than other teams. We've seen other teams lose their... Carson Wentz goes down and they win the Super Bowl. That does not happen in Green Bay. The entire team shuts down. The offense starts playing terribly. Jordy Nelson, for example, when when Rodgers got hurt, just nothing there anymore. Granted, a lot of it wasn't his fault, but the defense. Go back and look at what the defense was doing after Rodgers. Everybody gave up. I mean, the city of Green Bay shuts down. They, they call a state of emergency that the National Guard gets called in for crying out loud. They, they, everything is over. They cancel the whole state. They just wall it off. And it turns into like zombie land where everybody here just has to fight for themselves. However, leaving that all aside, the Packers get a slight edge because they happen to have drafted a first-round pick in Jordan Love. Now, I don't really have any reason to believe that this guy's going to come in and be an elite quarterback, and that's not the claim I'm making, but at least there's some reason to believe that it could possibly happen. Obviously, if I thought he was an elite player, we would have been number one on this list. I didn't put us number one for a reason. We have no idea what Jordan Love can do, especially since 
his whole thing is, well, he needs to sit for a while. If he has to come in this season, there isn't, there probably aren't a lot of people that think he's going to come in and just dominate. It could happen, though. And finally, that leaves the Minnesota Vikings, where there is really just no hope. And, and I, I do find it interesting because, again, I don't think anyone really looks at it this way. How fragile some of these teams are. How fragile the Vikings are with, with Kirk Cousins. I mean, just just the prospect of Cousins possibly regressing because he had, you know, arguably the best season of his career last year. If that was somewhat of a fluke, the whole team is going to regress massively. Again, PFF had him graded, what, what are they, easily top 10, close to top 5. He had an incredible year. This is this was a beyond really good season. And if he gets hurt altogether, it's game over. Just pack it up. To make matters worse, they have no backup. Their backup is Sean Mannion. The guy has never graded out well in his entire career. Um, he had one stint last year with the Vikings, which was uh, week 17, I think, against the Bears. So, you know, I don't know. You're probably halfway through and you're about to go into the playoffs and you're like whatever we're gonna lose so just pull them and they put in Sean Mannion anyways whatever the reason he threw 21 passes he only completed 12 of those 21 for 126 yards zero touchdowns and two interceptions if the Vikings lose Cousins the season is over unless they take a big swing at somebody else that's sitting out there or whatever it's officially over it's crazy how fragile some teams are which actually would be terrible by the way because if let's say Kirk Cousins gets hurt in the preseason and he's done for the year, the Vikings could potentially pick number one overall. Do you know who's sitting at number one overall? Some elite quarterbacks waiting to take over a team, and 100,000% they're taking. I hope Cousins doesn't get hurt. If he does, wait till the end of the year. Build up at least eight or nine wins and then get hurt. Not that I want him to get hurt. I don't want him to get hurt. I hope he has a long, healthy, prosperous life. Makes a lot of money and is loved and revered possibly has a little arthritis in his knee. I, You know, he can still be happy and have a limp. Anyways, moving on to wide receiver now. and it, These get really tough. And again, if, if some of these are not really worth fighting over, in my opinion, you can rank them differently if you want. In fact, I would encourage you to. By the way, speaking of encouraging you, I didn't see one business idea in the Pack and a Podcast Facebook group yesterday. See, th- this is why we're never going to get ahead in life. All you have to do is post a dumb idea, and then we go do it, and then we get rich, and you won't even do it. Shame on all of you. Now I'm going to be poor, just like the rest of you, and we're going to sit here and wallow in this, and it's all your fault. We could have bottled air together. We could have been the greatest. A dynamic, not duo, what is it when it's 940 people? A bluto. We could have been a, a bluto. You messed that up. Anyways, wide receivers now. Number one, which, as a reminder, means uh, least devastating. And this is, it's iffy. But I'm going to say the Minnesota Vikings. Now, it's less certain now than it was. I mean, if if Stephon Diggs was still there, then it would definitely be the answer. Because it's like, okay, you lost Diggs, but Thielen is still very good. Right? One of the better duos in football. Now that's not the case. And they did bring in a free agent wide receiver. And they also drafted a wide receiver. But we don't know if any of those guys are going to be any good, right? They got Tajay Sharp in free agency. They got rookie Justin Jefferson. However, it's not just the wide receivers. I'm looking at the big picture, right? How devastating is it for the team to lose a wide receiver? So in terms of depth at wide receiver, I actually think the Lions are probably in a better spot. But I think the Lions lean more on their downfield aerial assault. So losing Kenny Galladay would be a little bit more devastating for the Lions than it would, I think, for the Vikings, despite the fact that Thielen is 
arguably better than Galladay. I don't, you know, again, I'm not going to fight you on that. I don't really care where you fall on that. But if the Vikings were to lose Thielen, which would be devastating, I'm not pretending it's not, you've still got Justin Jefferson, you still got Tajay Sharp, you still got maybe possibly Dalvin Cook, you still got some decent tight end options, not great, but probably the best in the NFC North. And on top of that, you still got your defense. So how likely is it your team is going to collapse if you lose Adam Thielen? I'm going to say not too much. Not great. Might lose some extra games, but whatever. Next on the list, I am going to put the Lions. You could probably put the Packers here, um, given what we saw with Devontae and whatnot, but we'll get to that when I get to the Packers. The fact is, I do think the Lions, despite having an abysmal defense and leaning extremely heavily on the passing game, I, I just I think they've got the deepest group. Um, Marvin Jones last year was still a solid wide receiver option. Now, I think he's a solid number two, and that kind of becomes a problem when you got to push him up to be in the number one. But you've also got Danny Amendola, who, again, is a solid number two. So you've got two decent wide receivers still after you lose Kenny Galladay. On top of that, they also added Geronimo Allison, who we know is not elite, but as a possible number three, it's, it's there. They drafted Quintez Cephas, who fell for various reasons. Um, the combine wasn't great, some off-the-field concerns, but a lot of people think he's going to be a very, very good football player. They also added DeAndre Swift, who is going to be able to help their running game as well as being probably the best receiving back prospect in the draft. So I'm going to put them second. They, uh, they've also got TJ Hawkinson, who was a early first-round pick in 2019. So again, not going to be great for the Lions. I think Kenny Galladay plays in, especially with his specific skill set, which is to be a deep threat. But I think they're going to be okay. Number three... And you could argue they should be higher, but I'm going to say the Green Bay Packers. And a lot of it depends on how much the Packers are going to lean into this Matt LaFleur system. Because the fact of the matter is the Packers are similar to the Lions in their desire to be a downfield aerial assault. At least the Packers meaning Aaron Rodgers and, you know, the the team. It's not Matt LaFleur's desire, but it's what Mike McCarthy built. It's what Aaron Rodgers knows and does and likes. And it's what they still did last year. They still, I showed you the statistics that showed that said Aaron Rodgers, his number one most prominent route was a go route, which is shocking. I mean, it was only like 14%, but it's higher than every other route. That is not Matt LaFleur's thing. And, and, and I, I think for a reason, we need to, should want to get away from that. And one of the reasons is it becomes significantly less devastating if we lose Devontae Adams. Now, the other reason why we should say it's not as devastating, despite the fact that Devontae is arguably the best wide receiver in the NFC North. For some of you, it's not arguably, but I'll, I'll be polite. We've got Bears fans, listeners, and Vikings fans, and Lions fans. There's some good wide receivers in the NFC North, man. Every team's got a good wide receiver. I'm not going to fight you on it. It's irrelevant. But obviously, the fall from Devontae down to Lazard and Funches is a pretty big fall. And we know how much Aaron Rodgers leans on Devontae. But we lost him for a period of time last year, and the Packers were undefeated in that period. And again, if we switch from a team that leans heavily on the pass to a team that leans more heavily on running the ball and then passes to you know shorter routes, especially to tight ends, that don't require elite route running and all this kind of stuff to get separation. It's more scheme-based separation. And then you got these big body guys that are kind of just handling their business like Funches and Lazard. And something I hadn't really considered, I wonder, and I don't really know why big body wide receivers are so extremely important, but if it is a really important thing for Matt LaFleur, I wonder if, if they lean heavily into this. And being a big body guy who's a decent route runner 
with solid hands is beneficial in this scheme. I wonder if there's a possibility of a Kumaro resurgence. Because he's a big dude, right? Maybe Kumaro isn't super ideal for the Mike McCarthy downfield aerial assault style offense, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe you get a little bit of that. Just throwing it out there. Anyways, finally, that leaves us with the Chicago Bears. Um, bottom line is the offense is just kind of, it's, it's hanging on by a thread. And I think as long as Allen Robinson is there, there's hope for the team. Or I shouldn't say hope for the team, hope for the offense. The team has hope as long as the defense is intact and, and maybe has a little bit of a bounce back. Um, again, the, the regression was there. There's no saying, though, that they can't progress from where they were, especially going into their second year with this defensive coordinator. Anyways, the offense, though, it, it just it, there's not much there outside of Allen Robinson. This is a team with an average at-best quarterback, and that's assuming Foles is there or Mitch Trubisky takes a step, which is unlikely. They have a subpar offensive line. They have Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet. I mean, you know, Jimmy Graham, we, we've seen what he provides. I mean, it probably provides them a little bit of a baseline. You know, we, we laugh at that because it's ridiculous, because it is. But for the Bears, they're looking over at what the Packers had, and they're like, well, I wish I, we had at least that. Well, now they have at least that. It's not much, but it's something. And then Cole Komet, I just, I mean, maybe. Maybe he's going to be something special. I just don't see it. I never saw it with him. I was actually surprised he was the first one that went. He's like a poor man's TJ Hawkinson. In my opinion, and, and I just, I, I'm talking really poor man's TJ Hawkinson. And so if Anthony Miller goes down, it's base, or see, I just, spoiler alert. If Allen Robinson goes down, it's Anthony Miller or boss. And I know a lot of Bears fans and people think Anthony Miller's already an elite prospect and all that. I, he's decent. I think he's overhyped by Bears fans. He's being held back by Trubisky. Yeah, I've, I've seen the clips on Twitter as well. In fact, I just saw somebody like yesterday saying free uh, Anthony Miller. The, <laughs> Anthony Miller didn't do anything. He ran on a straight line, and then the ball was underthrown. I think Anthony Miller peaked like week one of his rookie season. But, I mean, the bottom line, there's just nothing. If, if Robinson goes down, the Bears' offense is in a lot of trouble. Not that they can't make some stuff work, but that, that actual legitimate threat at wide receiver is gone. And, and, you know, you can still run a dink and dunk offense with the guys that you have, but the, the high-end potential of something special happening on a given play or that, that sort of Devontae-type player that you can lean on when it's you know third down, fourth down, which, interestingly enough, he's we don't lean on Devontae in those kinds of situations as much. It's kind of weird. I'll have to look more into that, but I noticed that yesterday. But you know what I'm saying, right? Everything's fine as long as the system's progressing. If we can get three or four yards on every play, you can continue to move the sticks. But if you get a sack on first down and then get two yards, and now you're in third and 14... The offense is not built this way, and you've got no way of getting out of this. We can convert third and twos. We can't do anything on third and fourteens. Allen Robinson is where you want to go in that situation. He's not there. You don't have any any hope. And then finally, we're going to look at running back. This one, again, was kind of tough just because it's hard depending on how you want to do this. Um, I am going to say the Vikings are number one. I know almost nobody would agree with that assessment because people, I think, possibly a little bit overvalued Dalvin Cook. He's good, but I think he's overvalued a little bit, especially by Vikings fans. And also, and I, I already talked about this, look what happens when Dalvin Cook is out. They can still run the ball fine. In fact, you've got guys like Alexander Madison and Michael Boone that have come in and, and not only performed fine, in some cases they perform better than Dalvin Cook. I mean, Dalvin Cook has been hurt a lot. Now, again, th- there's not that high-end potential, but everybody loses high-end potential when you lose your top guy. Every single one of these four teams, that that big 
breakout high-end potential it's it's gone and then you just are left left with whatever you're left with but i think that we, we what we've seen from alexander madison and michael boone is some pretty decent high-end potential we're talking like 4.6 4.7 yards per carry i mean these guys aren't messing around so although it might seem like a far drop talent wise and it is production based on this team i think they're going to be fine because we've seen them be fine Next, I'm going to say the Lions. Uh, again, Packer fans are like, oh, you know, getting all upset and whatnot because we got more talent than the Lions. And, th- and that's probably true. Here's the thing. We don't even know who the top running back is going to be for Detroit. The, the assumption is, well, DeAndre Swift's going to come in and he's going to be the top guy. And if he gets hurt, then they're stuck with the, the guy that they had. I don't know that DeAndre Swift's going to start. What if he's not very good? Bottom line is beyond be, between DeAndre Swift and Kerryon Johnson, both of which are second-round picks for the Detroit Lions. I don't know who's the best guy. I don't know that there's going to be a drop-off at all. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing there's going to be because there's a lot of hype about DeAndre Swift, and then you fall down to Carrion, but I don't think Carrion's that bad. Carrion's a talented dude. He just faced a bunch of injuries. He hasn't found his groove necessarily, but I don't think he's a bad running back. The only problem is we haven't seen anything great, unlike with the Vikings. Now, if you wanted to put the Lions number one for this reason, that we don't know that there's any difference between the two, I, I respect that. But I'm just seeing it as... There's a lot of potential for DeAndre Swift to be a major part of this offense, especially being a receiver. And if he falls off, you're kind of stuck with Carrion, who we've seen for two years, hasn't provided a huge boost to this offense. But again, I, it's hard to say there's going to be a big drop-off between two guys that I don't know that there's any difference. Third, I'm going to put the Packers, not because I think that their backups are going to be garbage, but because of how good Aaron Jones is. Um, Vikings fans aren't going to like to hear it, but I think Aaron Jones is a much better running back than Dalvin Cook. He's not as, as talented. That's why he was drafted later. I mean, in terms of physically gifted, but he's a better running back. He just is. He has developed. I mean, it, it, it happens. Sometimes guys that are drafted later perform better. Something clicked in his head. He gets it. He, it's just, he's a more instinctual runner. He makes more with less. The production is just there. It's, it's, it's been there every single year. He just outperforms Dalvin Cook. And the fact of the matter is, unlike the Vikings, when Aaron Jones isn't on the field, the production comes to a screeching halt. Jamal Williams does not produce like Aaron Jones does. That's just the way it is. Now, there is the prospect of A.J. Dillon, who is also a second-round pick, similar to the Lions. But again, even if we say A.J. Dillon and uh, DeAndre Swift are basically the same, okay, well, the problem is, I'm assuming DeAndre Swift is their starter, falling down to carry on, whereas Aaron Jones is the starter falling down to A.J. Dillon. Again, anything's possible when we don't know what could happen. A.J. Dillon could end up being a superstar, and then it's it's not a fall at all. But assuming that isn't the case, there is some concern. A.J. Excuse me. Aaron Jones is a difference maker for this team. When he's on the field, he makes stuff happen. He's special. And again, the Packers just don't have it. The, the special goes away, and this becomes a plodding offense again. It's just, it's three yards and down. They have not developed that sort of offensive. And again, this is what Matt LaFleur wants. He wants to build that kind of an offensive line, offensive system to where it kind of doesn't matter who you plug in. Guys make things happen. To where you can get an Alexander Madison or a Michael Boone or whoever to come in, and they just do fine. Because it's a matter of just follow the system and everything will be fine. If Matt LaFleur can get to that point, then it's, it's going to be a special offense with these running backs. And it won't be as big of a fall. But for right now, it's not the case. It's Aaron Jones or it's kind of a nightmare. Still, number four is the Chicago Bears. Now, it seems weird because it's like, well, how do you have that big of a fall? Because Montgomery is not very good. So I would assume whoever comes in is, is going to be able to uh, 
at least be able to do what Montgomery can do. Here's the problem. Montgomery's their only running back. Now, I can hear the Bears fans screaming about what about Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen is a satellite back. He's a third-down receiving back type guy. Now, I like Tariq Cohen. I don't know why they refuse to use him. I think your head coach is, is one of those guys, similar to the Packers, by the way, who just does not value those types of running backs. He likes three-down backs. He wants you to be able to run between the center and guard, and he wants you to be able to run outside, and he wants you to be able to catch passes all in one. And if he has to choose between a guy that is a good runner between the tackles and a decent blocker that kind of struggles as a receiver, or a guy like Tariq Cohen, who is a third-down back that you know is not going to be able to run between the tackles, he, he just he has no interest in a Tariq Cohen type. Again, I don't know why, because as a Packer fan, I'm more scared of Tariq Cohen than anybody. But he just he's Tariq is basically a wide receiver for Matt Nagy. So that doesn't really count. If if Montgomery goes down, it's not going to be Tariq Cohen that comes down as your as your back. And the thing is, there's just nobody. You have Ryan Nall, who is nobody and can't do anything. And you and and literally outside of that, you have two undrafted free agents this year. That's your entire backfield. You've got a receiving back who is basically a wide receiver. You have Ryan Nall. And you have two undrafted free agents from this year. You don't have a running back outside of Montgomery. It's Montgomery or Buss. If he goes down, you got nothing. Literally nothing. You're, I mean, I, I would assume you're going to go out and find somebody. Somebody's getting picked up that day if, if Montgomery goes down. Extremely fragile backfield. And I do think that's somewhat devastating. As much as we don't think of the Bears as a running team, when you're a strong defensive unit, it makes sense to be able to be a team that can run the ball well. Right, the, the strength of your team is the ability to keep the other team from scoring a lot of points. Generally, that's a team that likes to bleed out the clock, you know, get my 20 points and go home. If all you can do is throw the ball, that doesn't work to your benefit, especially if you're bad at it. It just means the other team's going to get a lot of opportunities and they're going to wear out your defense. And suddenly this whole thing falls apart. That's why ground and pound typically kind of goes, they're, they're kind of hand in hand. Teams that are defensive-minded like to run the ball. But anyways, that's all I got. Um, again, I, I'm i glad I only picked three. I'm learning because usually I will have gone through an entire roster. I only would, would have gotten through these three and a lot of work would have been wasted and then I would get bored and not even do the rest of the work. So um, anyways, that's it for today. We might do a couple more. Maybe we'll just do like three on defense tomorrow or something. I don't know. I never know. It's just kind of whatever I feel like. It's the benefit of uh, kind of being your own boss or whatnot. It's just, I mean, you got to go to work. But you kind of do whatever you want when you get there. Might be taking some liberties with the whole be your own boss thing too, considering there's not really a paycheck. Outside of patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy, thank you to my supporters for that. But anyways, we'll figure it out. Have something for you tomorrow. Also, make sure you're tuning in to the Packers update by J.J. Leahy. Those come out every afternoon. It's just a real quick, literally three to five minutes. Just giving you an update on uh, what's going on. And uh, I know he's working real hard on that. So show them some love. Make sure you check it out. Again, it's only a couple minutes of your day. Otherwise, you folks have yourselves a fantastic Thursday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.